Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the book of Romans with this message entitled, Love Your Neighbor, preach April the 15th, 2012. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Love your neighbor. That's a title. This is the theme of our text, Romans 13. 8 through 10, I hope you memorized it. In these three verses, the idea of love as a noun and as a verb appears five times. The Greek word agape speaks of self-sacrificing love. We are told Jesus Christ loved the church and gave himself on the cross for us sinners. And we are to love one another just as Christ loved us by dying for us. True love sacrifices and true love freely gives. So the first point, love pays debts. If we love our neighbor as Christians, we must pay our debts. We must pay our debts not only to the state, as we read in verse 7, taxes, revenue, respect and honor and not only we pay our debts to the state we must pay our debts to the neighbors if we borrowed anything from them we are not to steal if we do not pay back our debts we are thieves so verse 8 tells all no one anything. It is not sinful to borrow, according to the scriptures, if we pay back as agreed on time. Neither is it sinful to borrow for investment purposes. The Bible says, if you lend money to one of my people among you who is needy, do not be like a money lender. Charge him no interest. Luke 6, we read, love your enemies, do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Psalm 37, verse 26 The people of God are always generous and lend freely. Psalm 112 verse 5. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely. Psalm 37 verse 21 says. The wicked borrow and do not pay back. And Proverbs 22 verse 7 says, Borrower is a slave to the lender. The scripture does not say, and now listen, 
Blessed are those who borrow. It does say it is more blessed to give than to receive. The blessed man lends, but he does not borrow. Deuteronomy 28 says, You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. And Deuteronomy 28:44, He will lend to you when you don't walk in obedience. The pagans will lend to you, but you will not lend to him. He will be the head, and you will be the tail. Deuteronomy 15, 6, For the Lord your God will bless you as he has promised, and you will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. Today we have many debtor churches in these United States. Debtor families and debtor nations. This nation is not a lending nation anymore, but an overspending and borrowing nation. It is a nation with a huge stomach, lustful. In the 19th century, George Mueller of Bristol, England, inspired by this verse, Romans 13 verse 8, refused to borrow money to do his orphanage work. He lived by faith in God to provide. And God met his every need. I learned from him. So we also refused to borrow when we started this work. And God provided exceedingly abundantly above all our expectation. We owe nothing to anyone. And your pastor, by the grace of God, owes nothing to anyone. Praise be to God, our Jehovah Jireh. Credit card is convenient. To use credit card, you need serious Biblical discipline. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Who never counsels us to spend more than we earn. Holy Spirit teaches us to spend less than we earn. If you are under the burden of debt. Maybe you could read a sermon by the late Dr. Boyce. He has an entire sermon on paying debt. And he says, first, realize you have a serious spiritual problem. And I say, what is that problem? A big stomach, lot of lust, lot of desire. Jesus said, life does not consist in the abundance of things. 
happiness is to know the Savior. Remember the rich young ruler. He was miserable. If you owe much, you are suffering from consumption. The more you watch TV, as you do, some of you, the more you consume. Achan saw, he lusted, and he took. David saw, he lusted, and he took. So what do you do? Don't look. Don't see. Don't go to the mall. Don't window shop. Number two, stop taking on more debt. Learn to do yourself plastic surgery. (laughs) Number three, reduce your expenditures. Happiness is not living beyond your means. It is living way within your means. And we go beyond. Happiness is giving. And how can you give when you are in debt? And you cannot even fulfill that verse in Luke 6.38. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. Will be measured to your lap. Number four. Sell assets to reduce your debt. Number five. Increase income. By doing more work. More intelligent work. Number six, pay debt on time. Number seven, grow in grace and in the knowledge of the will of God. That the word of God will restrain you and constrain you from spending more money. Number eight, know your problem. See, this is my understanding. What is your problem? Write down Philippians 3, 18 and 19. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. They never lift up their eyes to heaven. If you obey the Bible, friends, and do what my professor, late Professor Murray said, work six days a week, you will not be in debt. You will have sufficiency to give. To get better jobs and better pay, friends, you must get better skills by studying Harder, studying harder, harder subjects. Oh, no man, anything. In the Greek, it is an imperative. It is a divine command. Pay up all your debts. 
I say first your debt to God tithe belongs to God the Bible says a tithe of everything from the land belongs to the Lord it is holy to the Lord will a man rob God yet you rob me second pay up your debt one day out of seven is the Lord's day not your day the Lord's day number three Saint Paul spoke about his debt of the gospel to all people in chapter 1 verse 14 we are the light of the world unless we share the gospel how can a sinner neighbor be saved or your mother be saved or your kids be saved faith comes by hearing the gospel and your children you owe a debt your parents the bible says honor and obey your parents in everything for it is right and this pleases the Lord disobedience displeases the Lord husband you have debt to pay provide for your family if you don't we just read you are worse than an unbeliever you shouldn't have gotten married you are unfit to support a family married people pay the debt you contracted and write it down according to 1 Corinthians 7 1 through 7 and Ephesians 5 through 33 you go and read what it is pay the debt you owe to your spiritual leaders Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. 1 Timothy 5. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor. Do not muzzle the ox while it is treading out the grain. And the worker deserves his wages. 1 Thessalonians 5. Now we ask brothers... Hold them in the highest regard. Highest regard in love because of their work. And finally, pay the debt to the Holy Spirit. Romans 8. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh. To the stomach to live according to it. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live because those who are being led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You pay the debt by being led by the Spirit of God. Secondly, Yet there is one debt we cannot pay up. It is to love one another. This debt always remains. The debt of love. 
to God and to our neighbor. We are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. And love our neighbor as ourselves. Now listen. We are not to love our neighbor, even our wife or children, with all our heart. And we are not to love God as ourselves. I hope you understand that. It is called idolatry. And God will do something about it. According to Leviticus 19 verse 18, a neighbor is a fellow believer. But Jesus expanded the meaning of a neighbor in Luke 10, 25 through 37 in the parable of the Good Samaritan. A neighbor is anyone we in our daily life come in contact with. Especially anyone who is in desperate need. So we have obligation to love God with all our heart. And we have an obligation to love our neighbor as ourselves. So Jesus said, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So the neighbor that we are to love as ourselves consists of two groups of people. The household of faith, fellow believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, and the unbelievers of the world. So we read in Galatians 6 verse 10, therefore as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, all people especially those who belong to the family of believers. Or 1 Thessalonians 3.12, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. Love, we are told, does not harm the neighbor. Love does good to the neighbor. Start, friends, loving the ones nearest to you. That's your family, your wife, your husband, your children. Love your family. Love your church family. And love those who are unbelievers. Your neighbor. Who need the medicine of the gospel for their spiritual healing. We read, by his stripes we are healed. The cross of Jesus Christ heals the sinner. But how can he believe in Jesus Christ? Faith comes by hearing. He must hear the gospel from you and from me. You could take my sermons last Sunday, sprint it, and give it to people and start a conversation. We must love our neighbor who is an unbeliever by doing good to them and above all, speaking the good news to them. So do not ignore your neighbor. 
your debt to him ever remains. It's a perpetual obligation. Oh, no one anything except to love one another. Notice the word alleluus, one another. This speaks of mutuality. A loves B and what, sir? B loves in turn A. I have met some people, not in this church, not in this church, sir, who like to receive from me, but never give anything to me. They believe this verse speaks about a one-way deal. It is not one way, it is mutuality. They never learn their obligation to give. No, the debt that remains is the debt of mutual love. So mutual giving. This love of the neighbor is not a work of supererogation. But it is the responsibility of every believer. Only a true Christian can do this. Number three, the ability to love. The sinner is dead spiritually. He cannot love the way God wants him to love. He cannot fulfill God's law. God's law condemns him. He must be born again. He must become a new creation. By a divine miracle, sir. He must experience a spiritual resurrection. He must receive a new heart and a new spirit. His stony heart to be taken out. And given a heart of obedience. A heart of flesh. Then he will repent truly. And trust savingly in Jesus Christ. Who kept the law perfectly. In behalf of us. The law leads us to Christ. The law says, I cannot save you. But Christ is the end of the law and he is able to save you. And as believers in Jesus Christ, the law now becomes our moral guide. This is what Calvin calls law, tertius Usus leges. The third use of the law. Friends, love does not negate God's law. Love does not replace the law. That is the new morality says that. That is, if you love, then you can commit adultery, you can steal, you can kill, you can covet, you can lie, you can cheat. That is not love. This is sheer subjectivism. Love is motive. It does not tell me what to do. The law of God tells what I am to do to please God. I am to do the will of God and his good, pleasing and perfect will is revealed in the law of God in the Holy Scriptures. 
So the new morality, what is the new morality? Is the old immorality. It is sheer anomia, lawlessness. The devil is called the lawless one. Jesus came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law for our benefit. And in Jesus Christ, we are justified in order to please God by fulfilling the will of God by the Holy Spirit power. That is to obey God's law. All lawless believers will be told to depart from Christ on the last day. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only those who do the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me. You do lawlessness and know me. Those who teach that one can receive Jesus as Savior, but one does not have to obey him, they teach lawlessness. They reject the teaching of the scripture that love fulfills God's law. Such people also will be told by Jesus Christ to depart from him. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Truly saved believers evidence their salvation by fulfilling the law by the power of love. My professor John Murray said, love is emotive Motive and expulsive. Emotive because love creates affinity and affection for the object of love. Motive because love is power. This love impels and constrains us to obedience. As we read in 2 Corinthians 5.14, the love of Christ impels me, compels me to do the will of Christ. And this love is expulsive. That is, love casts out all obstacles. Perfect love casts out fear. Number four, love is responsive. That is, our love to God and to our neighbor is responsive to the love God has loved us with. We love God and neighbor with the abundance of the love of God which floods our souls. Friends, God triune loves us. Each person of the Godhead loves us. First John 3 1 how great is the love of the father has what sir lavished on us 
Romans 5 5 and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out in abundance his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us Romans 5 8 but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners Christ died for us and John 17 verse 23 says may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and you have loved them even as you have loved me God the father loves us but God the son also loves us Romans 8 35 who shall separate us from the love of Christ Ephesians 5 husband love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ I no longer live but Christ lives in me the life I live in the body I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me and the Holy Ghost loves us. Romans fifteen thirty. I urge you brothers. By our Lord Jesus Christ. And by the love of the spirit. And the love that we have. For God and for the neighbor. Is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Friends we love God. Because he first loved us. So John says in 1 John 4, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. 1 John 4, verse 10 and 11, This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And verse 21 of 1 John 4, and he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Now how do we love? Paul says here, 1 Timothy 1 verse 14, the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And God is able to make all grace whatsoever abound to you. So that in all things at all times having all that you need. You will abound in all good work. Abounding grace and abounding work. And we read. Therefore my dear friends as you have always obeyed. Not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you. Both to will and to do his good pleasure. And Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. We love one another. We love the household of faith. 
We love the unbelievers. We love even our enemies. With this love, God outpoured in us and outpours in us daily by the Holy Ghost. Listen to what Jesus says, John 30, a new commandment. I give you love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Why? By this all men might know that you are my disciples. He said elsewhere in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise God your father in heaven and read Ephesians 3 16 through 19 there we are told a Christian is rooted in love a Christian is founded in love and a Christian is learning love which cannot be comprehended the infinity of God's love for us well, friends, you can love not in a little way, but in huge way. Finally, this great love fulfills the law, not abandons the law. Love fulfills God's standard, the law, which is God's will. And he cites four laws, but that's simply an example he includes all laws love fulfills all God's law for instance he who has been stealing let him steal no longer that's negative stop stealing sir but as J. Adam said you are still a thief unless you start working and give then you are no longer what a thief so four commandments let me read it to you from Westminster Shorter Catechism very simply sixth commandment speaks about murder it forbids suicide killing of neighbor abortion euthanasia and all that positively requires to do everything to preserve life yours and your neighbor the seventh commandment is thou shalt not commit adultery forbids all unchaste thoughts words and deeds positively this commandment requires to preserve our own and our neighbor's chastity in heart speech and behavior now stealing which is eighth commandment forbids whatsoever death or unjustly hinder our own or our neighbor's wealth or outward estate positively requires the lawful procuring and increasing furthering the wealth and outward estate of ourselves and our neighbor and commandment number 10 coveting forbids all discontentment with our own estate 
forbids envying, grieving at the good of our neighbor, and all inordinate motions and affections to anything that is his, including his donkey. Positively requires full contentment with our own condition. With a right charitable frame of spirit toward our neighbor and all that is his. Friends, love fulfills what's the law. Love of God shed abroad in our hearts gives to the law the full measure of its demand. Law of God is the standard which love fills. Without God's law, that is, without the disclosure of his will, we sink ever deeply in the mire of our own sinful subjectivism of self-pleasing. This is the new morality. This is libertinism. This is antinomianism of those who reject the lordship of Christ. Those who are allergic to the divine command. Be holy for I am holy. True believers embrace both the indicatives and the imperatives of the gospel. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto obedience. True love works. And so true faith works. So, 1 Thessalonians 1.3, we continually remember before our God and Father, your work of faith, labor of love, and endurance of hope. Faith works. Love works. Faith obeys. Love obeys. Faith fulfills the law. Love fulfills the law. Friends, true believers bear fruit of obedience to the law, more fruit and much fruit for the glory of God the Father. We are told the fruitless branch is cut off and burned up. Children of the devil are like the devil. Devil is called ho anomos, lawless one. And the devil practice anomia, lawlessness. Second Thessalonians 2, verse 3, 8, and 9. Jesus described the children of God in Mark 3, 34 and 35. This is what he said. Listen to what he said. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers whoever does the will of my father is my brother and sister and mother as far as justification is concerned we are not under law we cannot justify ourselves by keeping the law that's understood Christ fulfilled the law perfectly for us. 
we therefore are not under law we are in Christ we are under grace Jesus Christ is our righteousness our holiness and our redemption he is our justification our sanctification he is our glorification we are in Christ and Christ is in us and I can do all things through him who gives me strength this idea of delighting in the law of God is not a new idea it is revealed in the Old Testament it was the life of God's people seven times in Psalm 119 we are told this verse 16 I delight in your decrees not I put up with not I endure it I delight in your decrees Husband, love your wife. Do you delight in that decree? Wives, be submissive to your own husband. Do you delight in? You say love, love, love. Love has to have law to fulfill it. Children, obey your parents. That's God's law. And if you love your parents, you do that. If you love me, keep my commandments. 119 Psalm verse 24 your statutes my delight verse 35 in your commands I find delight verse 47 for I delight in your commands I love them verse 70 I delight in your law verse 77 for your law is my delight Verse 174, your law is my delight. Psalm 1 verse 2, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. His delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law doth he meditate day and night to understand what the will of God is so that he can fill it by love. He's the covenant man. He's the blessed man. May we all delight in God's law. And be blessed. Today and every day. Of our life. Love your neighbor. Love fulfills the law. Heavenly Father we pray. That your people may not go away from here. Without obtaining the purpose what is the purpose of our existence to glorify God and to enjoy him forever and to love our neighbor by fulfilling the law delighting in the law loving the law this we pray in Jesus name amen